Hello and welcome. Welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science, bringing you the latest from the e-science infrastructure for biodiversity and ecosystem research. Now, in this second season of podcasts, we're hearing from the research initiatives that validated the LifeWatch Eric virtual research environment. Um, and these are terms that we'll explore in just a second, along with the title of today's recorded um, interview, which is Metabarcoding. We'll certainly go through that. Thanks very much for joining us today. I'm Julian Kenny, and I'm particularly delighted today to welcome Anna Felipe Felipe from the University of Lisbon in Portugal and Cristina Pavlodi from the Hellenic Center for Marine Research, Greece, actually joining us from Washington, U USA, a great international mix. Welcome, Felipe and Cristina. How are we today? Very fine, thank you. We're fine, thank you. Um, Filippo, if I can start with you. The LifeWatch Eric Internal Joint Initiative studies the impact of non-indigenous and invasive species on a range of habitats. For listeners who may not be familiar with the terminology, what are non-indigenous and invasive species, or NIS as we call them? <laughs> Uh, those species, I'm glad that you asked that. Those species are actually a huge problem uh, worldwide scale. Um, actually, there are three big problems uh, regarding uh, nature. Nowadays, one of them is climate change. The second one has to do with uh, habitat, habitat loss. And the third one is called this, this species, the, the, the invasive species problem. Uh, so these these species are the ones the non-native are the ones that uh, occur in areas that are not the natural ones are transported to new areas um, for new regions. Uh, so these species when they they become a, a problem uh, when the impacts are very negative and large, we call it the invasive species. It's like and it, it, we have a problem there. So in ETSIBU, uh, the place I'm collaborating with, uh, we are trying to, to, to deal with this problem through the LifeWatch uh, Portugal initiative. Okay. And the, um, the metabarcoding research case that we're looking at today actually concerns freshwater fish in the Douro River in Portugal. Why are freshwater fish particularly um, of interest, and, and why this river? Yeah, freshwater fish nowadays are, are a huge concern because actually since the 70s, there have been a great decline in the populations. Uh, since the 70s, there were 80% of decline in the worldwide scale. Uh, and these species, uh, they are very important for regulating and supporting the ecosystems in general, particularly freshwaters. But also these species are quite important in terms of, of conservation because they are quite unique and they are very valuable for science. So um, we are in Seville, in a research center in Portugal. Uh, we have been uh, uh, studying the Douro Basin. It's uh, Actually, it's the largest from Iberian Peninsula. And uh, nowadays, uh, the decline of freshwater fish has been so huge that uh, most of the sites that we visit already, the non-native species are already dominant. And some of them 
are, are invasive species, are species that we know that they are very problematic in the ecosystems. For the ecosystems and sometimes for human activities also. Okay, so a wide range of, of impacts. Yes, yes. Impacting also on humans. Yes. Okay, wonderful. And um, Christina, if I can come across to you, um, DNA is an essential part of this validation case. Um, I had to look this up. What is DNA sequencing? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, uh, before I go through that, um, I would have to say that uh, HCMR, where um, LifeWatch Greece is uh, actually based, has uh, all kinds of uh, facilities to do DNA sequencing and uh, DNA metabarcoding, as we will uh, talk about later on. It's something that we have taken over for the uh, ARMS and BON program. ARMS are autonomous reef monitoring structures. Um, so, Subject of another podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the other podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, DNA barcoding and DNA sequencing has become, like we say, an essential part of uh, research over the last uh, years, the last decades. It's a way to identify uh, the species that are uh, present through uh, a universal barcode, as we say, a marker gene that they all share, uh, which is like a unique code that help us, helps us pinpoint uh, which species, uh, um, would identify the species and identify where they live. Um, to do this, we also work with... Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, You're right. Yeah, so after we, we uh, the DNA sequencing goes um, hand-to-hand with um, uh, open source databases like the Global Biodiversity Information Facility or GBIF, like uh, NCBI, as most of you, uh, as most of the DNA sequencing, sequencing people know, or the World Register of uh, Marine Species. So we can identify um, who lives where, let's basically who, what we have in our ecosystems. Yeah. In terms of in, uh, invasive species, there's also the World Register of Introduced Marine Species, well, which is really interesting. It helps us identify uh, non-indigenous species, NIS. So essentially, in referencing all these databases that have all the sequences, the sort of barcodes, the identifiers of all of the species in the world, or all the ones we know, from a sample of water you can tell which species are in this bit of water and which belong there and which have been introduced. Yes, yes. Uh, essentially, yes. Uh, this is what we call DNA, eDNA uh, metabarcoding. Uh, we go, we, we increase the level uh, of um, uh, throughput uh, in this, uh, with this analysis. So we go from identifying single species to identifying whole communities in a sample. And this is something that is really, um, uh, we can actually achieve nowadays with uh, a lifeboteric uh, cloud computing facilities, which comes very handy. Yes, because enormous capabilities, you can process a lot of data, you know, in, in ridiculous amounts of data at the same time. Okay, and in doing this, using the cloud con, um, cloud-based computing facilities, the, these validation cases, each in their turn, have created workflows 
within this virtual research environment. Um, can you just explain a little how VRE workflows, how that all fits in? Uh, yes, uh, gladly. Uh, well, VREs are actually online laboratories. So nowadays with the kind of data that scientists have gathered, it's uh, we need to move on from the bench and from the regular laboratory to something bigger and something that can be uh, accessible to, to everyone. Something that it can be uh, can produce the analysis of, a data, of our data in a reproducible way, in a standardized way, um, and can provide a certain degree of um, of, of uh, validation. Let's say something that is um, people will look up to and say that okay, data produced by this VRE are are okay, are good data, good analysis, are reliable and clean. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's important when you want to. <laughs> draw all this information together and then apply it to different situations. Um, Philippa, you were thinking before that there's a number of uses for this sort of... Uh, yes. Actually, in, at CBU, in, in LifeWatch Portugal, we are dealing... We started by uh, exploring freshwater ecosystems, but actually nowadays CBU is working also in cases in, in terrestrial and marine ecosystems. And actually, this can be very useful to very various uh, uh, parts of the society, from from human health to environmental problems. So this this kind of tool, uh, based on uh, computing very large amounts of data, it's it's can be really important not only for scientists. We are only developing the the, the, the approaches and the techniques and validating. The methods, but also for 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 you know for for many many users. I think it's it will be a it is a very promising tool. Um, I believe. And Christina, you know some of those other possible end users. Yes. Uh, so apart from scientists and uh, uh, environmental managers, there's always some animal in the background. Don't worry. Just start again. <laughs> It's okay. In my garden. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, apart from uh, scientists, uh, also government bodies are really interested to uh, running those workflow and workflows and uh, you know checking out the results that come out. Um, national authorities, regional authorities, even citizen scientists. So, practically anyone that is interested in the habitat and in an environment that we're studying. So gets access to the data and get access to the analysis and can, you know, have fun and uh, also get some really interesting outcomes out of it. With the eventual aim of helping to save the world, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. A, biodiversity, biodiversity is our first priority. Yeah. Maintaining, you know, preserving life on Earth. Look, um, it's complex, isn't it? It, it, it involves you know, a variety of, of disciplines and a variety of people working across different countries. Um, thank you very much for taking us through, you know, explaining some of the, the complexities behind the, the LifeWatch Eric offering. Um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I know you're both very busy on different projects. Um, thank you also to our listeners, present and future. Um, Please get in touch, you know, follow us, come to the website, www.lifewatch.eu. Um, we're always 
eager to involve you know a broader range of people who might be interested in the in the output of all this um, data crunching and um, thank you for being here today it's great to have you online I look forward to our next encounter thank you bye bye thank you see you later thanks bye, bye. bye. thank you thank you very much. Thank you.